I want to make it clear to everybody, I am going to San Francisco. I will be representing T-Lab. I'll be doing, I'll be going every day to the trial, which is, as I said, it's eight till five, pretty much depending on how long it goes. So I'll be in there taking notes. If they'll allow me to bring in my computer, I'll try to live tweet, you know, things like I did before. And uh, we are raising money for that. I, I'm grateful to see Ryan was showing me we're almost to a thousand dollars. We're aiming for about 6,000 and that's just kind of, we're going big for it to let everybody know. I've already bought my flight from uh, Mexico where I live to San Francisco. It cost me about $900. So the money there that reimburses me for the flights cost. That's great. If we could raise even more money, you know, we, we would like to get a hotel or something so I can be comfortable and safe and do the, the work I need to do for the potentially two weeks that we're going to be out there. And then it would be nice to be able to eat a little bit every day as well. So, I mean, this isn't going to like uh, buy me a new car or buy me some new shoes or anything like this. This is all straight going into the, the project so that I can be there in San Francisco in court every day. And then we'll probably be doing, if not daily, at least maybe probably weekly, uh, you know, bi-weekly uh, conversations between me and Ryan to keep you guys informed, especially as we get the bombshells, which I expect they are going to have all six witnesses from the plaintiffs, the fluoride action network, all the scientists are going to be there in person and the government scientists, the sort of what they call the rent coats are going to be there in person too. So this opens up even more opportunities for potentially interviewing some of these science scientists directly. So you don't even have to hear it directly from me or from Ryan. We'll talk to the scientists right after they testify in court and say, hey, can you tell the people what you just said in court and why they should be concerned about this? So there's mm -hmm. a lot of potential here for getting some good content producing uh you know obviously i'm producing a number of written articles we'll be producing video reports interviews articles maybe it'll end up turning into a little mini mini documentary depending on how things go because as i said this could be the end of water fluoridation or at least a major step towards ending water fluoridation in the u.s so anybody who's got five bucks extra we appreciate it i appreciate it like i said it's all going into our fund here so we can make sure to give you guys the best coverage one of the most obvious and really, really, one of the most painfully obvious parts of this, it, it, this bit, bit talked about for as long as I've ever been doing this work. And I think it's been provable that long that fluoride is, one, a, a dangerous byproduct that has no real benefit at all for anybody consuming it. But on top of that, that they know that, that they've been pushed. Don't be, I mean, we can get into the whys, but at the very least, because they'd otherwise have to pay to dispose of it, where now they're making you pay to put it in your water. So give us a quick background on this work you know, why that's important. And then let's talk about sure. what you're trying to do with the uh, the trial. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as you said, like we've had evidence, I've, I've been researching for it since 2010. The evidence was there then. And honestly, I've learned quite a bit in my research just this year of do, doing, you know, work preparing for this trial to resume and stuff. And the fact is that there have been scientists warning about fluoride lowering IQ since at least the 1950s, pretty much right when it began. And Thankfully, we got to a point in 2016 where the Fluoride Action Network and uh, the uh, Food and Water Watch and several mothers of uh, its plaintiffs decided to sue the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, because the EPA denied their petition. They basically filed a petition under the Toxic Substance Control Act, which was passed in 2016, and it allows citizens to go to the government and say, hey, we believe this substance is toxic. You need to regulate it or ban it. So the Fluoride Action Network filed the law, uh, a petition the EPA denied it, ignored it. So then they filed a lawsuit. That was back in 2016. Here we are, 2023, going on 2024. And we're still not done with this trial yet. But in the summer of 2020, it actually began. And of course, everything was locked down then. So I started reporting on it for T-Lab in June. And then it wrapped up in August. 
And it was taking place in San Francisco, but everybody was on Zoom. And I just followed the, the you know, I've done a, quite a bit of uh, court reporting. It's kind of a different specific type of reporting because you got to be mm -hmm. just ready to like catch as many things, especially when you're not sitting there listening to Zoom where you can screen record and listen to right. later. Like if, you, if you're there in person, you just got to be writing as fast as you can, getting all the notes. And it, there's a lot to it. But I really I do enjoy doing it because and I think it's important work, because whether we're talking about the fluoride trial uh, or any other trial, you're not going to get the full picture if you're not there in person or if somebody's not reporting live in person, because the mainstream is just going to give you the, te the top headline of the day. You know, and right. as we've seen with this fluoride lawsuit, this fluoride trial, there has been no mainstream reporting at all. The only reporting we've found from anything that could be slightly considered mainstream would be Bloomberg Law which is not really even mainstream. It's like a division of Bloomberg that focuses on legal cases and stuff. And it's like subscription only. So it's not like being seen by that many people. There has mm -hmm. been no major reporting by any of the corporate media outlets acknowledging like, hey, the, the fact, which is like, you don't have to necessarily say fluoride is gonna kill people, even though we have the evidence for the IQ harm and all that, but at least to acknowledge this is a historic trial. The thing that the CDC claims, one of the things that the CDC claims is the top uh, health achievement of the 20th century, right. along with vaccines and everything else, is now on trial. And there are Harvard scientists and you know some of the most credentialed professionals when it comes to this science warning and, and talking about the data they found. And even just in the first the, that first year of the trial, my reporting showed that that we know it lowers IQ, that Harvard scientist Philip Grandjean said that he was threatened for his conclusions about fluoride. He said that the fluoride lobby has taken over the World Health Organization. I mean, there's so many little bits and pieces of nuggets that came out because I was following this, uh, this case. And uh, essentially what happened is at the end of 2020, it got delayed. They said they wanted to wait for some more studies to come out, including that study there. They were waiting for the National Toxicology Program. But as we've learned since then, the National Toxicology Program, they still have not publicly officially released their report on fluoride, but we have two draft versions of it from May 2022 right. and September 2022, where these scientists at the National Toxicology Program, in their own words, say that the, the study was done, it was ready for public release, and their conclusions were that fluoride does cause lower IQ in children, in addition right. to many other problems. So that we have that information, the government's just refusing to make it official by releasing it. And then we also have, through emails that were released through the trial, we saw that uh, the head of the Health and Health and Human Services, Rachel Levine, mm -hmm. was involved, as, as well as some other officials, was involved with blocking the release of this, da this data and this information. So, I mean, we have clear examples here that this toxin, that this chemical is a toxin, as we've known before, but now it's in court records, now it's in federal courts, we've got federal government scientists fighting to get their their science to the people and we've got different u.s government officials doing everything they can to block the release of that data and so that's all been going on in the background and now where we're at the judge edward chin has um they're finally going to have the second phase of the trial you know basically that since that that uh, study never came out the ntp study we have the draft versions the judge said okay we'll look at the draft version you can bring back some witnesses We'll look at any new studies that have been done since 2020 and it's starting again january 30th in san francisco it'll now be in person and it's going to run for two weeks january 30th to february 14th and um since we're going to be in person now i'm and they're not even doing zoom anymore so I, there's not even an option for me to do it remotely uh, i am going to be going in person to san francisco 
you know, it might not last the whole two weeks, but that's what the court has kind of slated for that time. So that's kind of where we're at now. And the goal with this article is just to remind everybody like, hey, this is still going on in case you forgot. And, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of list just a little four summary points, which I just kind of covered of some of the past reporting, because I do think there's just I like everything we've covered here today. Like, you know, why are more people not talking about the pesticide issue? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is this fluoride trial not front and center? I mean, besides us and I got to go on the high wire with Del Big Tree, a few other outlets, there really has not been any coverage, of course, from the corporate media, as I mentioned, but even very little coverage from the, the alternative independent media. When this could be, I know there's a lot going on, but this could be a victory for us. If this trial yeah. goes the way that it should, this could spell the end of water fluoridation in the United States. Now, it's very difficult to even imagine something good like that happening because there's a lot of forces going up against um, you know, the, the people trying to wake people up to this. But there's, there's some potential here to start 2024 out on a good foot. Now, of course, even if the judge did rule that fluoride is a toxin, we probably will be locked in legal battles for years. I mean, there's going to be yeah. appeals. There's going to, you know, so, and and who knows, would the, would the CDC even act if the judge says, hey, you know what, based right. on the evidence, we know fluoride is a toxin, it violates the TSCA and, you know, action needs to be taken. But we know how the government works. That that could be a year of legal, blah, blah, whatever. And in the meantime, people are still being exposed to this toxin. I mean, I there, hope that's there, not what happens, but it, it's possible. Yeah, they think about this, guys. They're they're literally going to be using, if that's the case, your tax dollars to to fight to keep you unhealthy. Like they like really think about how that looks. That this whole time they know this is dangerous, and they're they have a vested interest in keeping this in your water. Like it just this is these are these examples that really highlight what the real structure is not every individual with their individual actions but what the government as an entity is it is not about your safety or your interests i mean at one point maybe but it's just it's so blatantly obvious with stuff just like this and that's the craziest thing to me as derek just outlined right that what we're talking about here is that the information has already been revealed it's been leaked we already know what they're fighting for you not to see and so that means if derek can see it if we can publish it on T-Lab, if others and Dell and others, I, David Knight, for example, gave you, gave T-Lab and you a shout out, was talking about the work recently. David Knight, who left InfoWars, you know, they had kind of a riff. But so the, the idea being is that it's all there. So ask yourself, if it is there and we can prove it's real, and it is, it's not debatable, where are the bigger names? Where are the corporate media? Like, this is something that should matter to anybody who genuinely is interested in exposing this truth. But of course, this is how this tends to go, the flow of information, right? This won't matter for people in those fields until it's something that they could probably benefit from or that it's something that they're allowed to look into. The point is just, again, demonstrating our value, demonstrating Derek's excellent work and being ahead of this story so far that you'll realize that he was years ahead. And this is not about like, Derek's opinion on what fluoride is. We're talking again about information coming from a government report that proves all the things he's been saying, the IQ issues, and even worse, the you know neuro, the to- the toxicity in general, and it just doesn't do anything. In fact, again, they fight to keep it in your water. I mean, it's just so mind blowing to me. And I'm willing to bet you, as soon as this becomes something prominent, if it, hopefully it does, either way, that's a win. But mark my words, it's going to be something that that Tucker Carlson or somebody like that briefly points to, gives you half the story, and then probably fights for some other angle for why it still should be used from some Republican reason. Like, that's what I keep seeing, like the AI conversation. And maybe we can finish on this if you'd like to comment. Now the Republican side, Alex Jones just had natural news, Mike Adams on, and they were literally arguing about how this AI is bad, but here's how we can use AI to fight back. And again, I'm never one to dismiss that conversation using the kind of tech, but 
it's interesting for me. AI of all things, I think is the, you know, I'll, I'll use some tech to fight back, but that kind of concept, I'm completely on an absolute no go kind of mentality. But I think that's an interesting step and to show you how it all of a sudden becomes the, you know, the thing that was absolutely not possible is now, well, because the right wing people say we might consider it from this angle. Now suddenly it works and the same in the left. Anyway, back to the fluoride. Go ahead. Well, if you want to comment on that, yeah. I'm all over the place. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I, I mean, I definitely could foresee something like what you're describing there where we get to a point of, I mean, because the thing is, even people like Alex Jones, he was he was one of the first person that I heard talking about this back in 2010. I don't hear him right. talk so much about fluoride anymore. And obviously his his views and his his approach have changed quite a bit. He went from being the person warning everybody about the left right paradigm to telling everybody to stay in the left right paradigm. Mm -hmm. um, but nonetheless, I, I think that there, you know, funky stuff like that could happen, you know, but at the end of the day, we have the truth. We have the information. I hope yeah. we get some more coverage. Thank you. know, I didn't see the David Knight coverage. So shout out to him. He does good work. I hope we get more people. I don't even really care about the credit at the end of the day if the information gets out there. Yes, it's nice when people show us some love because they know that we've been putting in the work. And I have sat through hours and hours of court proceedings to get this information to everybody. And that is tedious and, and sometimes mind numbing. But I'm prepared to do it again.